Hey friends, welcome to May 25th to Wednesday, and thanks for joining me for Enough for Today. We are in Psalm 49, and we're getting into really the, the depth and the meat of the psalm today. We're picking it up in verse 6. In the first five verses, the psalmist has basically laid out his intention and invited the whole world to come and tap into wisdom and understanding. So you can be set free from foolishness and a lack of understanding, ignorance, and you can live differently. You don't have to live vulnerable. In fact, he says in verse 5, why should I fear when essentially uh, calamity comes upon me and it seems like wealthy, powerful people are doing so well and I'm having such a hard time? Why should I be afraid? Is there a way to be set free from that fear? And ultimately, is there a way to be set free from the fear of a short life that lands in accountability to God when my own iniquity has mounted up, my own sin has mounted up through a lifetime. Uh, what's going to happen to me after I die? Uh, what's going to happen to me in this life when I seem to be losing ground and everybody else is gaining? Uh, what's going to happen to me after I die when I've lost the ultimate ground and I have no justification before God? I just have iniquity uh, to my name. What's going to happen? Well, he's going to unfold what he's already said is wisdom and understanding. Uh, and he's going to teach us how to have a right view of money, material things, wealthy people, powerful people. He's going to adjust our perspective in a world where it seems like the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And um, it seems like evil men, wicked men continually uh, rise into power and run the place, okay, and seemingly do well, all right? So he's going to write our perspective on all that, and he's going to give us a very long eternal view, a God-sized view, which is what wisdom is. It's God's view of things, and that's what understanding is, how to apply God's view, how to apply what we see. So we pick it up in verse 6. Now is the unfolding of the wisdom, okay? They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their soul is precious, and it ceaseth forever. Now, we did a deep dive right there, didn't we? Okay. He goes right for the jugular. I mean, he goes right to the nerve center of human existence. And he gives us the deepest core reality, the greatest, he touches the nerve of the greatest fear of every human heart, okay? So let's go back and break it down, verse 6. What's the problem here? Is wealth the problem? No. Trusting in wealth is the problem. They that trust in their wealth. So essentially trust is your core reliance, your core dependence. What, what are you most resting on? What are you most looking to? for your salvation, your survival, your sustenance. <clears throat> and in this sense, these people are trusting wealth. Lots of people do. Lots of, quote, believers do. People who profess faith in Christ, but in practical ways, they're trusting wealth. They're trusting their material world. They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches. Now, that's everywhere, all the time, isn't it? We live in a world where uh, those who are the most prominent, the most applauded, the most recognized, the most envied, the most admired, are those with the greatest multitude, the greatest abundance of riches, material things. 
So they that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, what's he going to say about them? None of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give God a ransom for him. Okay, let me, um, let me break out these words for a minute. Redeem. <clears throat> redeem is to ransom, to deliver, to rescue, to buy back. Okay, um, and we're starting to catch glimmers of gospel realities. Uh, so the psalmist is raising, he's, he's uncovering the deepest fears of the soul. He's raising questions that, have, that only have answers in Jesus, okay, that only have answers in God's provision of salvation. So verse 7, he's saying, okay, you've got all the money you could ever want. You've got all the material strength and boasting. You, you're trusting this, but how can you redeem the soul of someone you've lost? Can you buy someone out of death? Can you give God a ransom? <clears throat> let's, let's look at the word ransom here for a minute. The word ransom is to be atoned. <clears throat> Think about that, the atonement. How can you, with money, can money atone? Can money redeem? Um, to make amends, to pardon, to release, to appease, to forgive. You see that he's striking not only at the trusting of money, but the essence that money can't forgive our sins. Money can't atone for our condemned relationship with God, our brokenness, our iniquity, okay? Money cannot buy my lost relatives or my lostness. Money cannot redeem me. My wealth, my achievements, my earthly success completely falls apart. Uh, it melts away. It is absolutely useless for the purpose of redemption or giving God a ransom, an atonement, um, getting a pardon from God. Verse 8, for the redemption of their soul, we, we come back to this word redemption, same, uh, I'm going I'm to pull it up here again, same word, a ransom, okay? For the redemption of their soul is precious. The word precious is costly. It's, it's, it's value is greater than all the treasures on the planet, all the wealth, all the opulence, all the uh, money on earth cannot provide redemption. Redemption of the human soul is the highest treasure. It's going to require the highest price. And by the time somebody has trusted, verse 6, in their wealth, boasted of their wealth, and then verse 7, really come to the end of life, okay, at that point, money can't buy salvation. Money can't buy redemption or ransom or atonement. And at that point, it's too late. The redemption of the soul is precious and it ceaseth forever. So death is final. When life is over, the redemption process isn't even possible at that point. It ceaseth forever. He's warning the Old Testament world and the New Testament world for that matter. If you go through life trusting money, trusting material things, buckle up because it's going to fail you. It's not going to be able to ultimately save you and secure you from death. It's not going to be able to provide a, a redemption or an atonement or a ransom for your soul with God. And then at the end, when death has come, it is too late. The, the possibility of redemption ceases forever at that point. <clears throat> Verse 9, that he should live and 
I'm sorry, that he should live forever and not see corruption. Just to clarify, okay, what the psalmist means when he talks about redemption and ransom, atonement, buying back, saving, rescuing, that is more precious than all the worldly wealth, and that once it's done, it's done, it, it ceases, the opportunity for it ceases forever. What's he talking about? He's talking about eternal life. He's talking about the idea that we can live forever and not see corruption, not see sin, never see death. Uh, that's the idea that money can never buy. So what is the answer? Oh, he's raising the riddle, isn't he? He's driving at the core. What a great gospel psalm. We'll pick it up here tomorrow and see where this goes. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.